pressure coming. Fields over the middle. Intercepted! Picked off by Jackson, and he goes to the ground. And the Broncos will escape with their first win of the year. And Matt Eberflus is going to have to answer a lot of tough questions after this game. So, as you heard, the Bears have lost their 14th in a row. And the only way the Bears know how to do anything the last seven or eight months. And that's spectacularly bad. Uh, the team snatched defeat from the jaws of victory as they, for the first time all season, blew a lead. Q, before you and I get into this emotional trauma from the latest loss, I'm going to go over some stats just to get those out the way. So the Bears, as I said, they had a lead for the first time all season. They had a 28-7 lead halfway through the third quarter before the floor fell out from underneath them. As I said they should do in the last episode, Justin had his best game as a professional and a very efficient four TD outing that featured his first career 300-yard passing effort. Also, the Bears' ground game, as, I, as stated, was extremely effective. They had 171 yards on 31 carries. DJ Moore and Cole Komet were the superstars from the receiving standpoint. St. Brown, he made a spectacular catch in his first activation of the season in relief of Chase Claypool. More on him later. Robinson Pickens, they combined for the lone Bears sack on Russell Wilson, who also had an effective day from the pocket. Three TDs from Russell West, Russell Wilson. Um, Broncos were over 50% on third down conversions. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Santos, perfect on all four of his extra point attempts. More on him later as well. Uh, okay, now that's out the way. Q, the Bears are a calamity of errors. That's just what they are. 14 straight losses. And this latest loss shows exactly where this organization is culturally. They don't know how to win because Eberflux and Post, they have failed to create a culture that knows how to seek out a W. They have created a culture of losing. I don't know what to say, uh, where to start. Even even when things are all pointing well, you got Justin playing his best. Everything's going in, this, in the right direction. They still lose. Why? Why us? The lack of talent on the field, coaching, and execution. Uh, simply, I mean, almost every game besides the Chiefs games, they were never really in that after – half midway through the second quarter, even when the score was 0-0 zero, zero, and it felt like we were really in it. But e each game you've seen, each game you've seen um, coaching errors that that cost them. Eberflus um, decided to go forward on fourth and one instead of kicking a field goal, which would have been a chip shot for Santos. 21-yard. That killed them. Um, then there was early in the game when I felt like the offense did have momentum and he didn't decide to go for it. So, uh, yeah, e each game there is a 
obvious blaring coaching decision that cost them? Um, I'm glad you put it right there. Let's start with Eberflus and his coaching decisions. So if you remember the first drive of the game, they had a they was they was tasked with a fourth fourth down decision, and he decided to just go ahead and, and punt the ball. I think that was on the fifty yard line. Go ahead, okay. So all right, we're gonna be he was gonna be conservative, conservative against this defense that gave up seventy points the week prior. All right, they gave up that's a why you play this runner and a, I think a hundred and forty yard runner last week. Give about yeah. three hundred fifty rushing yards. You mean to tell me we can't get a yard on them? They're without uh, Jewel again. They're their linebacker. They got injuries in their front seven, and we and we we can't gain a yard. We don't have the confidence to do that. I don't. I I can't. I can't call it. But from that point on, after he decided to punt the ball in the first quarter, they was extremely they was extremely aggressive in their playing calling. Getsy was dialing it up. He, they, they were all over the field. I liked what I liked what I saw. Now let's go. Let's go right into the fourth quarter. We have again a fourth down. We got the game is tied. We got the ball on the twenty yard line. I believe it was what about somewhere in the three minute range. Yeah. Uh, we got fourth and one. They line up. They try to draw them off sides. Packers. The Broncos. Are they were more disciplined, more disciplined to not jump. All right, good. So what is what what does Eberflus do? Calls a timeout. All right, we can't get him to jump. All I right, like so he comes, he comes right back out. It does the exact same thing, and got it's fourth and one. Instead of using the quarterback, do a QB sneak. Use his incredible, for lack of a better term, body and lower lower body strength to push right forward across the across the um across the sticks to get the first down you hand the ball off to Khalil Herbert and he doesn't get the doesn't get the job done basically we don't we don't convert so run behind Lucas Patrick Cody Whitehair um who've been struggling all year and I got an even better option than Justin Fields. Roshan Johnson runs like a madman. Every game we've seen him running over people, creating yards after contact. If I'm going to run up the middle and I'm going to play that bully ball, I would go with. I, I would think you would go with the bigger running back, the bigger, more physical back, right? Roshan got five carries yesterday. Now Khalil Herbert was cooking. He was he ran the ball good. But in a short yardage situation, why would you not go to your best short yardage back? What I don't understand is why was the decision the decision even made? That one, you burned the timeout. You burned the timeout doing the doing the dummy because that timeout was, you know, in this situation, it's a tie game late in the fourth quarter. Your timeouts are important. And only thing that leads me leads me to believe that timeouts are not important is you finna kick this field goal to go up. Okay, you don't need your timeouts now then. Okay, all right, fine. But then you don't, you don't kick the field goal. You try you try and fail. And an uncreative play, a very uncreative play. Justin Fields, I believe, had only five incompletions at that point. 
Yeah. Four, five incompletions at that point. He was cooking. Um, why would you take the ball out of his hands? If you're going to take the ball out of his hands, why would you not place it in the big bruise and back hands? It, it, it's just, it was, it was uncreative. Um, it didn't utilize your best player. If I'm going to lose on a situation like that, I'd rather lose with my best player. Let's, let's, let's dial up something fields to more. Them the guys that are cooking today. If we're going to lose, let's lose with our best players. Uh, you're being too nice. It was a it was a fireball offense. That's what that play was. I'm not uh, un uncreative or whatever else it was. It was the wrong thing to do, and it was things that get you fired. And right there, Iberflus could have saved his job with this win, and he decided to start his job search early. That's what this was. Um, they're going to play the, play the string out with this one because I don't see how. I don't see where where the Bears go right now. Obviously, Eberflus isn't, isn't the man for the job because with decision making like that, and I don't think the players in the in the locker room are actually listening to him. And that might come back to polls. So let's talk about him. How Gibby on a scale of one to five poses job so far as at creating this uh well building this this team since he's been here uh this is this is on him they they turned over the roster about 55 60 percent of the roster since he's gotten here this is this is his roster these are his guys uh and i understand a rebuild may take two or three years but this, this is his roster and the decisions he's made aren't exactly shining. I can't think of any post decision that I could say right now that was a good move. Uh, from his trades, the decision to trade Roquan, who, who's an all-pro, uh, and landing a second-round pick, and then trading our own second-round pick for Claypool, who you're desperately trying to trade right now. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see any, any way. I've heard there was trade talks. You might be able to net a seventh-round pick for him. It's a guy less than a year that you traded a second-round pick that ended up being number 32 pick in a draft for. That is a monumental loss and a monumental waste of assets. I think Chase Claypool, since he's gotten here, has maybe accumulated 300 yards receiving, maybe 25 catches and a touchdown, or maybe two. I, I don't know. There's not much. It's an awful trade. I called it the second day it got reported. It was the worst trade that they could have possibly done. Chase Claypool would have been cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers if no one had traded for him. They were desperately trying to get off of him, and we gave up the number 32 pick for this guy who had not even lived up to his draft draft position up to that point. Um, so far with the Bears, he has he has started five games, and he has – 18 catches, 18 catches, not even 200 yards receiving at this point. I was very um, generous. I said I thought he had about 300 yards receiving. That was very generous. That's, what, that's why I had to look it up. They're like, there's no way. There's no way he's got that much. There's no way. Uh, speaking of other Ryan Poe's decisions, not that I was too angry about it, so I understand it, but um, the Bears have two sacks in a year, two Khalil Mack had six sacks yesterday. I don't I don't mind trading 
assets, but we got to get a return on the value. Um, I believe they drafted J Jaquan Brisker with that second round pick. He had a fine rookie year. It's kind of regressed this year. There hasn't there hasn't been plays made by Jaquan. Every time I see Jaquan Brisker, it's not for making a play. It's laying on the ground hurt. That is the most injured, not injured guy I've ever seen. Other than other than the things Poles have done, he's a he's a credit he's accredited with hiring Eberflus. Eberflus has been an unmitigated disaster. Eberflus has brought on Luke Getzey. Luke Getzey wasn't even the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers when before he got the job here. He wasn't he didn't he wasn't the coordinator. He didn't call any plays. He didn't script any plays. He was at best the passing game passing game leader or whatever they call it up there. Um, coach, passing game coordinator. It looks like he's over his head, and and it, that had that has bored to be true up to this point. Um, Eberflus, like you said, Poles, he traded away, he traded away assets, he traded away an all-pro player to get Chase Claypool, he traded away an all-pro player to draft Jaquan Brisker, he gave away the rights to a future first-round pick to get DJ Moore, he gave away, he gave away the pick that. We used that we got for Roquan, he used to get Chase Claypool. And that has been, again, like Getsy, an unmitigated disaster. He gave up too much and he hasn't, it hasn't bore no fruit. Um, I'm probably missing, I'm probably missing some other things that he's, that he's failed on since becoming the general manager of the Bears. Uh, Chase Cesspool, I'm sorry, Chase Claypool. He was benched for week three. You're told not to even show up. Well, the way Eberflu says it, he was told it's up to him if he wants to show up to the game. He did. He did not. He did not come to the game. And now the news is he is on the trade block. The Bears are looking for a fifth or sixth round pick. I'll be stunned Good if man. anybody gave us a fifth rounder. Good luck. He wasn't worth the was second rounder that we traded to acquire him. I thought he was his value was more of a fourth, fifth round pick in the first place. He was a fifth. He was worth a fifth round pick last year before when we traded for him. We gave up the number thirty-two. We gave it the number thirty-two, and then and now we're, we're stuck holding the bag. Like okay, now what? Now we now we got to figure out how to how to get return of value, which you're not going to get now. Not going to get, but. What Chase Claypool said, the Bears aren't using him correctly. I don't necessarily disagree. I don't think any, I don't think the Bears have been very successful in how they've rolled out anybody on their offense at to this point. That's oh, I agree. Him, him, DJ, Khalil, Justin. I, I, I don't, I don't Rose necessarily Taylor. agree with Chase Claypool. Disagree with Chase Claypool on his on the face. Um, no, I, I don't agree with Chase Claypool, but um, I'd address a lot of people are wondering why he was disciplined, what uh, seemed harshly when Justin Fields made comments criticizing the offense. Um, the difference is Claypool has had a rocky offseason. There's been rumors that the Bears are not happy with his work ethic. He sat out most of camp with a soft tissue injury. Then in game one, he completely dogged it, gave half effort on blocking uh, – um, 
on a uh, wide receiver screen blocking. So I understand what they're tired of. Yeah, I'm, I understand why they're tired of Chase Claypool experiment. This experiment should never happen in the first place. But um, I understand why they're tired of him, but I also understand what he's saying. The Bears' offense is uncreative. They're, they're not using people correctly. So he's right in that. Yeah, but right message, wrong messenger. As he, While, again, we both agree that, yeah, you're correct, the, the coaching staff does suck at what they're supposed to be doing, and they should be relieved of duties at the next available opportunity. It can't come from you. Definitely not from not, not from a guy under since he's been here. You know who it could come from? Justin Fields. And he kind of led up to this on the uh the previous week when you know he said that he's playing robotic and this and a third before the game for the Kansas City game. He didn't play robotic against Denver Broncos. He had his best game by far. The offense would looked you couldn't tell me that offense that you saw in week four was the same offense that came out in week one. It was night and day. I don't know where this playbook or where these play calls came from, but they need to keep doing this. Passing down the field. Justin was very accurate, too. And um, not just accurate. I feel like he had a good feel and a good rhythm of the game. I understand it was not a good Denver defense, but the ball placement was well, too. Um he plays the ball with where receivers can catch and run forward. And I thought uh, on certain plays he he executed, he put the ball in tight windows. So I just want to give uh, Justin kudos for his much improved play. I'm tired of people saying, you know, yeah, of course, of course he had a great game. He's playing Denver. I'm like, did you watch the game? Did you watch the game? He wasn't, you know, they but wasn't. It wasn't a lot of blown coverage he was taking advantage of. He was no, out there. He, he was putting the ball where it needed to be. Yeah, I, de I definitely agree. I, but, you know, the casual fans don't review game footage. They just look at rankings and what happened the previous week. But, no, Justin, very good from the pocket. Unfortunately, he still – the turnover bug bit him. And speaking of turnover, the Bears enforced another week back towards the turnover. In the bad with Justin, he had a fantastic two-and-a-half quarters – um, he was, he, you know, he was decisive in the pocket. He was moving up and moving, moving, stepping through his throws, stepping up into his throws, putting the ball where only his receivers can catch him. A lot of, some of them are high, you know, shout out to DJ Moore on that touchdown catch. Um, but if they can't catch it, no one can catch it. I would take that. I would take that every day. Um, but after the, the two and a half quarters, the, end, uh, the turnover bug came back. He had a fumble, and then he had the game game ceiling interception. Are we putting this? Are we putting that blame all on Justin for either no. one? Um, so on the fumble, he's on a naked bootleg, a naked bootleg. So um, he's rolling out, and the Broncos guessed correctly. So they had a. Uh, was it was that Cooper that came on the blitz? Yeah. So he's rolling out. He's uh, doesn't have any blockers in front of him. So as soon as he turns around, there's a guy in his face. Um, I can't put all the blame on him. Yeah, he's the guy that fumbled the ball. But you turn around, there's a linebacker right in your face. 
not a lot you could do. He probably should have tucked the ball, but it looked like he was going to try to uh, wind up and make a throw, and he couldn't get the ball out of his hands. And on the I'm going to interception. Uh, I'm going to call it like this. He was trying to. He was trying to do too much. Yes, he was on a naked bootleg. Yes, somebody got there extremely fast. He he had enough time to recognize that. He had enough time to just, you know, play is dead. I'm just going to take this sack. He's trying to make a play, and that turned out to be disastrous. It's it, it, And that's some of his youth that came, in, came into play there. He was feeling himself. He had a great game. Like, I'm Superman. I can do this. That point, that that was the beginning of the year. I think that that touchdown is the one that, Tied the game for us. Well, tied the game for them, and ultimately, and and you know, led to our defeat. Yeah, and um, on the interception, you're down and you're driving. You got a minute. You, you got to throw the ball. So I don't know if there was a miscommunication between him and Komet because it looked like Komet stopped. And I don't. I think Justin was expecting to be another area. So Kareem Jackson was right by him. That was Kareem Jackson that got that interception. Yeah, so I think that was more of a miscommunication. Uh, again, it's, it's on the quarterback. He threw the ball, but on the quarterback, he threw the ball. But uh, yeah, that's a, that, that's a tough one. You try to make a play to win the game, so and you have to you have to throw the ball. Defense knows it's coming. So those are the type of plays when you put yourself in that position. Turnovers happen. Yeah, uh, he threw the ball on the inside to Cole. Cole, Cole was probably he didn't even look before Cole wasn't even expecting the ball before the ball was already on his back hip. Uh so that's a that's a miscommunication. And nine out of ten, they they put that that blame on the receiver. Uh, I don't know, you know, I'm not educated enough to know who 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 blame that should be on, but it it looked like Justin put it right where he wanted to put it. He was expecting Cole to just sit down. Cole didn't. And unfortunately, that that was a tough way to take that L. Um, where do we go from here? We got Washington coming up on Thursday. Hopefully, the future Bears head coach is their offensive coordinator. Um, I don't see the next five games for the Bears. They all they're all winnable, but it's difficult to say that we expect to win them at this point. We're we're. We're finding new ways to lose. At this point, I can't I can't put winnable in any conversation with the Bears. So I I, I can't say anything on their schedule looks winnable right now. I would like to believe the record in addition to the fourteen straight losses, fourteen straight games, giving up twenty five or more points. That's a franchise record. We haven't had yeah. anybody under 25 in the last 14 games. And we have a defensive coordinator as our coach. I don't – I would like to believe that we can beat the Raiders. I would like to believe that we can beat the Chargers. I don't know why you believe that. <laughs> I don't know why you want to believe that. That's I would like to believe we can beat – That Khalil Mack revenge game is coming. Let's play prognosticator. Does anybody lose their job in the near future? No, I think they clear their lockers as soon as the season ends, but I don't 
I don't anticipate. I mean, there, there, there's a mess at this point. Getsy is not good. Iberfus is not good. Um, you can't really pinpoint one guy, so I, I don't yeah. anticipate them. You got to clear the whole staff at this point. And yeah. where are you going to find a completely new staff in the middle of an NFL season? Nowhere. There's not one guy to put the blame on. It's an entire. It's, it's, it's a fail. It's a failure from the top down. And here's another depressing stat. Um, a lot of the guys expected this team to go eight and nine or nine and eight. There are 13 games remaining. The Bears would have to go. To win nine games, the Bears would have to go nine and four. The rest of nine and four, the rest of the season. We haven't played a good team. We haven't played the Detroit Lions yet, so we can scratch them off. That's at least one loss. We haven't played Minnesota. We got we got the Packers again, so that's at least we're looking at three losses already. Um, isn't. We're playing the AFC uh, South, right? The West. So we got, we already got, the, we got through the Broncos um, and we got the Raiders and we got the, um, we got the Raiders Char- and we got uh, Chargers. Chargers are all left. Yeah, man. You got to You got to go eight and five to get to eight and nine. Do you see this team winning eight games? I don't see this game. I don't see this team. It's difficult just to even see this team making eight first downs, uh, let alone eight wins. And, and, then, and the remaining schedule is not even difficult. It's just it's difficult to find them winning anybody. They got the Commanders, the Vikings, the Raiders, Chargers, Saints, Carolina. That may be the win. I don't know who you consider winning that game, but that could be the fight for Caleb Williams right there. Loser gets Marvin. Oh, Actually, there's no fight. We got their pick. Uh, the Lions, Vikings, Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta. It's not a difficult schedule. No. But I still can't see them. That's, it's the perfect schedule to run the table if, if we were a good team. Um, unfortunately, we aren't. We are. We're We're everybody's. Circle them because we're going to get our numbers up on this team. Uh, I believe the Bears are underdog in every remaining game. Except for maybe the Panthers game, that might be a pick'em. I got to go look at the uh, future odds, but I think they are an underdog in every remaining game. That's crazy. Okay. You said there's no one person to put the blame on. I'm putting the blame on squarely on polls. And once once this season once once we have once we clear of of responsible you know uh, have of duties that need to be happening in season. Clear house. Everybody. It's it is a the stench coming from this team has to be gutted and cleared out from top down. Uh unfortunately that means Poles cannot draft another can't draft his his quarterback. You, you gotta have somebody else in here doing this. You gotta have a new new vision, new leadership. From general manager on down to who whoever mows the lawn, just clear everybody out. Yeah, I agree. Kevin Warren um, has a great track record. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with the remainder of the season. 
I mean, uh, going into next year. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know, you could step away from trying to get Artisan Heights to play ball and just get get the team that's going to play in somebody's somebody's stadium to actually start looking like a professional team. Who was the last um, small suburb that wanted what was trying to track the Bears? Was it Dixmore? Was it Harvey? I think, Dixmore posing one of those. I think I think for this team. Dixmore is a, is an appropriate place to put this team. They should definitely play at Dixmore in one of the parks. Maybe put them <laughs> right at Thorn. <laughs> yeah, right there, right there on Sibley, right, right, right at the uh, the corner of uh, Sibley of, and a lot of culture and Halston. Yeah, put them there. <laughs> a lot of culture there. <laughs> that's put them that's right there on the vacant lots. <laughs> That's what their that's what their play is worth right now. Just put them right over there. Put them right off uh, 147th Street. Man. You know you gotta you gotta build your way back up to playing <laughs> playing with the bright lights. You know people will fight, but they can leave the city. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. Let's take their act on the road. They definitely should. Maybe they should go to Gary. <laughs> we have a setup just like the Giants and the Jets have. Yeah, you know, yeah, you you can be you can call yourself New York, but you can't play in New York. You're like call yourself the Chicago Bears, but you cannot be. Do not you step yourself here. into into the state of Illinois until you get your act together. Go to Hammond, get a little East <laughs> Chicago going. <laughs> no offense to any of our Hammond uh, listeners, the uh, Indiana listeners. Nah, major offense. Send them to Gary. That's that's got to be tough being a. Uh, Indiana native, you, you got to pick between the Colts and the Bears. What do you choose yeah. there? All right, man, let's go ahead and get up out of here, man. Episode thirty-four. You know who know who that is? As an unfortunately, we could not give the great Walter Payton a win on his episode day. But tune in next time as we preview our Thursday night football game where we play in prime time on Amazon. Hopefully, we don't embarrass ourselves in front of the national audience yet again. They're definitely going to pull their pants down and embarrass themselves. They're going to show their asses on that one. Get ready yeah. for Sam Howe to get three, four touchdowns on you. Yeah. Well, then we can start looking at uh, college football games then at that point. All right, um, man. They lose the fifth game. I'm definitely, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely giving reviews on on Caleb Williams and some of the other top prospects. Got it. All right, Q. We going for me and Q. See you next time. Bear. For the podcast, Bear Down. Something. Bear something. <laughs> <laughs>